Welcome to KC Corner episode 31. I had forgot for a second. I had to ask you which one we were on. I know. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> 31. We're getting there. It's like a full month's worth. Exactly. Every, one for every day. That'd be July perfect. July or something. <laughs> <laughs> so you're wearing a special shirt here. Can you explain for our podcast listeners who can't see it, uh, the significance of the shirt? Boy, do I wish they could see it. Yeah, I'm wearing <laughs> We'll post a... it on Instagram story today. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. Uh, I am wearing a black polo uh, because it's slimming, but actually I'm wearing it because on the front... It says in really cool font, as you can see, Brooks. Oh, yeah. Katie Jakes, and underneath, Bar and Grill. Mm -hmm. And on the back, as you saw, it's in big, huge letters. It says, Security. (laughs) So, uh, here's the story. Several years ago, gosh, I'm going to tell you, it's probably been 10 or 12 years ago, I discovered that there is a Katie Jakes Bar and Grill spelled just like my Katie Jakes, and uh, uh, out in California, somewhere outside of L.A., Um, Mm -hmm. and... Uh, I remember I reached out to him a few times trying to find out if they had any garb, anything I could get, because I wanted everything. <laughs> Katie Jake's Bar and Grill, how cool is that? So uh, a friend of mine, Howard Bartlett, somehow ran these folks down, and all of a sudden I got a package in the mail um, that, I, you know, just it was like nondescript package in the mail, and inside the package were three shirts uh, and a note that somebody had contacted them then found out that my wife's name was Katie Jakes and sent two shirts for her kind of nice one's a t-shirt um, you know kind of nice nice looking shirts mm-hmm. and he said you know hey there was a request for a double extra large the only double extra large I have has security on it <laughs> and so I kind of love the fact that I could put on in the morning a shirt that says Katie Jakes and the big letters security you know so because you know to me she's the greatest diva ever and uh i just love it so yeah a little shout out to my beloved bride katie and uh uh yeah i love the shirt it doesn't breathe very well it's, yeah it, it looks for like a thick cotton shirt it's a thick cotton shirt which is you know in, in not the great for an august 26th day <laughs> no. in florida when it's a billion degrees outside, you know, you walk outside, you're like, ooh, this shirt is not breathable, but uh, hey, it's well worth it. Well, I walked into your house today and only saw the back of the shirt and it said security, and I thought it was like a throwback shirt from college when you were like bouncer trying to earn exactly. extra cash or something. I, don't, I was like, well, you're just trying to relive the glory days, uh, be a tough guy. the so. glory days of a tough guy. That's hilarious. No, so... So that's the story, and uh, I, I love wearing it. I don't wear it very often, but I'm always proud to, to represent. And I, anybody out there that's listening anywhere near California, find some Katie Jake's paraphernalia, <laughs> bar and grill. I'll take anything. Uh, I don't want you to steal it. Um, that would be bad. But if you if you happen to put it in your purse and walk out with a, a glass, a mug, <laughs> a Katie Jake's, uh, make sure you leave a big tip. I'm just yeah. kidding. So, anyway. <laughs> All right. All right, we can get on to the, the real stuff. Now. How in the world we transition from there, Brooks? <laughs> Perfect segue here. Exactly. <laughs> the conclusion of your summertime song sermon series uh, and what you meant to say this past week. And the God who heals me. Now, first of all, Brooks, let me put you on the spot. Okay. Did you like the series? Are you going to say no to me? Would you say no, Pastor Jake? I really just news it, it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> let me just tell you, you got to get your game a little better than this. <laughs> no, I did. I did really like it. It was a great, you know, play on words there. Summertime songs and psalms and going through each one and having some different topics i really enjoyed it well thank you brooks and and, you know that was so self-serving and i'm sorry (laughs) to do that to you but i did too to be honest with you and i just love the psalms Uh, i've been meditating a lot on them and then to end with the great news of a god who heals us how important is that in our today in, in every day but in today's day and age 
And what I really tried to say last week was, hey, we want a God who's both all-knowing and all-powerful and yet also all-merciful and, and kind. And that's what we have in our great God. You know, one of the things I, I talked about was when Katie went through a cancer back in 2009, I talked about trying to find the doctor who had all of it. It's so hard to find a doctor that that was both knowledgeable and, and experienced and had that power and the authority, but also who was kind and gentle and, you know, had the empathy. And so, um, and I talked about, you know, how hard that was. And I remember I got an email uh, from somebody in the congregation uh, that's been struggling with some health issues. And uh, she says, hey, I know how hard it is to find a doctor like that. And Katie reminded me that really our oncologist was fantastic. He he had all those things. He had an incredible amount of empathy. I was specifically talking more about our surgeon, um, finding the right surgeon that we needed. And those guys are like the fighter pilots, typically in the medical field. They they don't usually, surgeons have an, an air about them usually. Oh, yeah. You know, they usually have this like chip on their shoulder. <laughs> Sorry, surgeons out there. Um, but, you know, they are usually just so skilled and, uh, um, and sometimes that gets to their head. But our oncologist was amazing that God led us to. And a surgeon was amazing, too. But, you know, a surgeon is somebody that you don't usually sit by the bedside too long. So but let me get back to the sermon and say what I really meant to say was, you know, having a God who has both that, you know, infinite amount of understanding and almighty power. And yet at the same time, who's really tender mercy and gentle-hearted that gathers us outcasts, that heals our broken hearts and binds up our wounds. And then when you look closely at scripture and you realize that God heals us by breaking his son, um, by, by sending his perfect son to live for us, to die for us. I mean, I'm telling you, it's, it's too good to be true. I mean, mm -hmm. that's uh, of, of all the stories that are told, um, how can God make all things new? by sending his son to be broken, to, to bring healing and health to all things. So we don't ever want to lose that. And, you know, no matter what happens out there um, in KC Cornerland, wherever you are or whatever you go through, um, however difficult, however dark, however hurting, um, God is not only with us, he's an almighty God and he's a caring God and tender and merciful God. And he not only relates to us, Brooks, but he really was pierced for our transgressions. He knows the only wounds we'll see in glory are Jesus's. And man, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that statement you said was my favorite part of it. You started it off right there with our God has all the power, knowledge, and tenderness to forgive all our sins. And, you know, that's a, that's a powerful statement and great to know that he does know what we're going through. And sometimes you ask, like, why, why are you putting me through this? But knowing that it's part of his plan, it's through grace that he loves us. You know, and we'll, there's going to be things that happen, Brooks, that we'll never understand. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, uh, we have somebody in our church that's got so many things right now going in their life. And I'm getting text of all the things that are happening. And they really feel like the end of their rope. And I, I can't point to anything and say, well, this is why. I, mm -hmm. I don't know why. And, uh, um, you know, in a broken world and with our broken lives, there's a ton of brokenness that we're going to experience. When things are broken, they create sharp edges and mm -hmm. sharp edges cut. And uh, sometimes they cut when you don't know it. It's like I got a, a tree out back of Bougainvillea. It's beautiful. But when every time I mow the lawn, I, I get these cuts like this uh, because it's got tons of thorns. And I don't even see them coming. But, you know, I'm, <laughs> I, if I'm just close enough to that bush, it's going to it's going to bite me it's going to come out and I, I the number of times i'm done mowing and i got some kind of you know scratch or 
cut on me because of it makes me think why isn't Caleb mowing the lawn but it's a whole other story <laughs> but um, but that's way through life you know something beautiful like a bougainvillea uh, or a rose bush has thorns and mm-hmm. everything in our life's gonna have thorns as well so yeah beautiful pronunciation of that word by the way bougainvillea, bougainvillea. I think actually I don't think that's even pronouncing it right I think that it's, it's a uh, Spanish so they would say oh bougainvillea you should have just rolled with it. I Thank you very much. Merci beaucoup. So. <laughs> but no, that kind of, when we get into it later uh, with chapter four of Prodigal God book, it kind of talks about that of the elder brother um, wanting things from God or asking why his prayers aren't being answered and not understanding, you know, the whole story and the whole picture and kind of making himself self-centered. Um, yeah. And that self-centeredness and that self-righteousness, I know we get to it, really blinds us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. true. So look into this next week. Our friend David Outing is joining us again. Yes. What I hope to say is what I hope that my friend David Outing will say. <laughs> and I'm really excited to have David back. And let me let me explain a little bit of what's happening here um, and why David is coming this week is that I'm getting ready for the next sermon series. And the next sermon series that I'm doing, like every sermon series that I've done so far at King's Chapel, is a brand new sermon series. Although I've had the privilege of preaching for nearly 20 years um, uh, and I've been in ministry almost 30 years. But really, this this what I feel like God's calling me to is... What I'm entitling right now a sermon series called Our Rock Through the Ages. And a shout out again to Katie Jakes, who gave me that great title. Um, but I want to look at like kind of the Emmaus Road story in Luke 24, that when Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, met those people, uh, uh, Clopas and another unnamed man on the road uh, to Emmaus, they were so sad that the Messiah, they thought was the Messiah, had been crucified. And Jesus goes back to Moses in the beginning, the very beginning of the Bible through the prophets and even the Psalms. And he explains to them that he, the story is all about him, explains to them that scripture is all about him. It's really one story with one hero. And I want to go back to Genesis. I want to go back to the very beginning and not preach through every chapter, but just kind of show some really high watermarks where this is where Jesus is present. There are some themes that he's present in, like the, the promised seed to come or the promised prophet, priest, or king to come. Uh, you know, there's there's the genealogy to look through. There's there's so many shadows. There's so many things. The angel of the Lord uh, typically is, uh, we'll see that that's Jesus, the pre-incarnate Jesus showing up, like re- wrestling with Jacob. Um, and the stories are fantastic and they're really rich. And if the Holy Spirit comes and empowers them and we can see them. So I'm taking this week, instead of preparing for a sermon this week, and I'm preparing for uh, really the upcoming sermon series, which we're going to do after the first week in September. The first week in September, we'll celebrate our one-year anniversary. And mm-hmm. then after that, on the 13th of September, we're going to jump into this new sermon series, Our Rock Through the Ages. And I won't get very far. I think in the, in the, uh, the fall of 2020 here, I will only, until Advent, get through Genesis. I mean, I, th- I think I have 11 sermons planned. And then mm-hmm. uh, I'm trying to figure out, you know, do I want to go right into Exodus next? Or I think what I'm going to plan on doing is, um, I'm getting you too much detail, but <laughs> um, but we'll, we'll leave where the burning bush in Exodus, actually, um, where uh, you know Moses is told that God's name is the I Am. And mm-hmm. then I think I'll use that to talk about Jesus's I Am's in the Gospel of John starting next year so get ready kc cornerland come on church uh let's journey together god's word is so rich so beautiful so amazing and i can't wait so that's what david outing this week 
and then some new stuff around the corner. So for this whole sermon series, do we listen to Rock of Ages every single Sunday? Every Sunday. Every, all four songs. Yes. That's all Scott's <laughs> plan, all 11 weeks. It's funny you say that because I sent him a, a version of Rock of Ages that's my favorite. We went back and forth today of like, he's like, I'm not sure it's this one It's acapella where you're saying It's acapella. <laughs> he's like, I'm not sure this one could be sung as well by the congregation. I'm like, Scott, I love this one. <laughs> Play you play, You did your executive order. I did. I, I put down the executive order. You know, lead pastor card and said, "Hey, we're doing it." It's a James Ward, Rock of Ages. I love it. So I love it. I love yeah. it. Flexing your muscles <laughs> and your security shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but now on to your guys' homework assignment. Oh my gosh, my dad is calling live. Declining your call. Sorry, Dad. Hey, Dad. <laughs> Sorry, Robbie. Um, Chapter four, redefining lostness, where um, is really talking about the elder brother and focusing on him for this entire chapter. Um, like we mentioned before, how and his prayers can be self-centered, only going to him, and his his life is in the dumps or something, and then and those peaks more just focusing on oneself. So that's what this chapter was about. Yeah, it was good, and I, and I think that you know, Brooksy, it's interesting. I think about the elder brother and kind of redefining lostness. That's the thing about the word lost is that. As men, um, I can't speak for women, but I, I think for men we hate being lost, and and uh, you know we we sometimes we are we don't even know we're lost. I don't know if you're ever out on your boat fishing or whatever, you don't know where you quite you are. Mm-hmm. But admitting lostness is a very difficult thing, oh, yeah. you know. And yeah. uh, uh, you know even when my wife or somebody in the car says, "Hey, do you know where you are?" It's like it's hard to say. Well, I have no idea that I'm <laughs> lost, you know. Or they say that men are terrible at asking for directions and. Not to stereotype everybody and to be sexist here, but I do believe the redefining of lostness is so important because most people would read the prodigal son or son's Mm -hmm. story and not see the lostness of the elder brother. Um, But he is so lost and he's lost in moralism. He's lost in righteous acts, which how can that be lost? But that has separated him from the father and that really that really has uh and i think of how many people uh, are you listening here today and you think well i'm a moral person i'm a good person i listen to casey corner <laughs> you know i i might go to church occasionally um but it's that moral person that person who thinks that they're living that good life uh, that moral life that that sometimes doesn't need a very big savior they don't need a a, a jesus that really rescues them and um, they they really kind of rest more on their own self-righteousness. And uh, when you live that way, when you think you're living the good life, I love how Keller says it, you're expecting the good life. You expect God to reward you. Okay, hey, I'm going to church. I'm giving my money. Um, I'm doing these things. I'm not beating my wife and drink or my spouse, <laughs> and I'm not drinking too much, and I'm trying to avoid porn, and I'm trying to do all these things. God, you owe me. And, you know, there's... And then when God doesn't come through, because we live in a broken world and no one can do it perfectly, you get angry. And I think that that's what we saw in the older brother. There's an emptiness because there's not a relationship with the father. Mm-hmm. There's, there's only this desire to have the father's stuff. And he thinks he can manipulate the father by good behavior. There's just this emptiness and there's this anger. And the way he addresses his father is scandalous. Of all of it, I mean, the, the younger brother certainly was scandalous the way he lived and blew all the money that he was given and how he left. But really, to me, what's so offensive is the way he addresses his father. He doesn't even call him father. He's like, look. And he says, I've been slaving for you all these years. And, you know, 
when you're trying to justify yourself and be a self-righteous, self-made religious person, that's how you see religion. I've been slaving for you. You know, and he's like got a pity party. You haven't even thrown a party for me, man. You haven't given me the fattened calf. You know, I mean, I've been here just doing what I'm supposed to do and I'm getting nothing for it. So you see this anger, this self-righteousness, this pity, and it's really emptiness. And, you know, it, he he starts judging others. And I think if you're a person, uh, let's talk about racism. He talks about racism and classism in this. I thought it was so good for the time we're living in now. Mm -hmm. But it's those people who feel... Uh, superior to others they feel like hey I'm above this which you know it, as soon as you feel like you're morally uh, on higher ground uh, you start throwing stones uh, or names or slurs at those you think that are mm -hmm. underneath and that you. goes back to what you're saying about some doctors or surgeons how because they have certain traits or certain knowledge that uh, they think they're superior to others and can come off stuck up standoffish sure. or you know kind yeah. of being a jerk and looking down their noses and mm -hmm. you know who has the right to look down their noses you know um, I'm gonna step out on a limb here and say I, I saw some breaking news today that broke my heart and it was uh, Fox News was reporting that um, uh, that Jerry Falwell Jr., you know, there's more dirt coming out on his life. And uh, he's the guy that was the president of uh, Liberty University and, and got in some trouble with a, with a really stupid uh, social media post that he had uh, recently. And now there's more things coming out about his life or what goes on uh, behind the scenes or maybe goes on in his bedroom. Um and, you know, I even got a text from somebody recently who I'm not sure they're a Christian or not says, here we go again. Here's another religious person about ready to fall. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I uh, that really breaks my heart for a few reasons. Uh, I feel like I was somebody who was attacked as a religious person. Um, but I also know that if, um, you know, if King David could do what he could do, uh, that any of us are susceptible to this. And. Mm -hmm. It breaks my heart that, uh, you know, the name of Christ takes another black eye, but he's big enough. He's going to overcome it. Mm -hmm. But I, I think about, you know, um, this looking down on others. And I don't know Fowell Jr.'s heart, but I could just tell you, um, it makes me examine my own life. And just to make sure that, hey, let me let me not throw the first stone. Mm -hmm. You know, let me, uh, because, but by the grace of God, there go I. And I... I think that's the gospel, Brooks, is that it sets us free enough to say, but by the grace of God, there go I. I mean, what makes me better than uh, uh, somebody who has as much hate as a white supremacist, um, someone who has as much hate as a neo-Nazi or, or any kind of racist? Uh, it's God's grace. And you just realize that we're all broken and fallen and, and that I have no reason to look down on my nose to anyone even as a believer, as a preacher, I mean, I just, by the grace of God, we have what we have and live that way. So I, I think I got a little bit off the tangent, but I, <laughs> I, I really love this redefining lostness. And let me just a shout out to Casey Cornerland and say, you know, examine your life. I mean, how, how do you live? Are you living angry? Um, it probably a sign that you're self-righteous, that you're, that, you know, when things don't go well, how, how do you respond? Do you feel like you're owed more than what you're getting? And, uh, you know, if we get just God's justice, we're all toasts. We mm -hmm. all deserve his wrath and displeasure. It's by his grace and mercy. And we're all so broken. And I, I love how Jesus says, listen, remove the, the log from your eye, own eye before you do the speck of your brother's eye. And I think mm -hmm. 
the, the gospel to me allows me to be honest with myself and others and God. Listen, I am a sinner saved by grace and uh, I'm so prone to wander. And I have no, there's no holy ground to stand on except for stand on Christ of Solid Rock because all I got are, are, are filthy rags. Mm-hmm. It feels good to say that too. It's not all on you and the pressure isn't all on you. There's a freedom. There's a freedom that comes from acknowledging the truth. You know, there's, when you're, when you're trying to be self-righteous, you, you have to hold on to something. You cannot be honest because if you're honest with yourself, you see the kinks in your armor, you know, you're, you're toast. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that seems like a good place to stop. Yeah. And uh, we'll see Dave, Pastor David outing this week and you back up on stage the following week. Yes, indeed. And continue to look for some announcements of some things rolling out in the fall. We want to get our KC groups back going and uh, all the King's Men, Men's Group Ministry going. And I'm working on all those dates even this week and this weekend. So more to come uh, in the midst of this COVID. It's crazy. But thank you, Brooks. You're the man. Woo, another episode down. 31 in the books.